0: Hey friend, I'm Aristasia. Welcome to Passion and Potential Podcast. I'm a creative business owner that followed my heart, learned some things the hard way, and created a passionate career for myself. At 22 years old, I quit my marketing job to start my business in a new city with no friends, no experience, and a whole lot of emotional baggage. I'm using the lessons I've learned in life, and business to inspire you to embrace your passions, discover your full potential, and chase your dreams in life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hello, my friends. Happy Valentine's Day. It is Valentine's Day over here. Welcome to the podcast. For today's episode, I have a very special guest in light of Valentine's Day. You might know him as a very handsome man in my life, a big supporter in my life, the man who takes up a lot of the time in my life. For today, I thought it would be fun to release the episode I recorded with my boyfriend, Michael Thompson. I will be honest, today's episode is not going to be mushy mushy. It is not going to be about all things love. It's not going to be about our relationship as a whole. We'll touch a little bit of things um, about that. But all in all, the actual episode is about Michael's mindset, his journey of finding a career he really loves, and how much he values his time and efforts in life. He's a very analytical thinker, so he's literal complete opposite (laughs) from me, which is so funny you know, about how our relationship works. But he's very analytical, he's very numbers-based, and he looks at his life in, in, in thirds, essentially. You know, the time you spend sleeping, the time you spend working, and the time you spend not working, AKA the time that you have with someone you care about, your family, your extracurricular activities, etc. So we're gonna talk a lot about mindset. We're gonna talk about how he found a job that he loved right out of college and how he's been there now for 10 years. And I think you'll just be interested to just hear our dynamic and our very different brains and how they work together. So have fun with this episode. I hope you enjoy it. And let's listen. Mikey, hi. Hello. <laughs> Thank you for being my guest. I know this was a long haul for you to walk 20 stairs, <laughs> twenty steps upstairs, but I do appreciate you talking on the podcast and sharing some of your brain. You and I have very different brains, right?
1: Yes, we do.
0: Uh, Yours is very analytical and filled with numbers. Mine is creative and filled with 10 billion emotions.
1: That it is.
0: (laughs) Which has been quite a journey for us to understand each other's brains. But a fun one of getting it, right? Yeah. Yeah, Okay. Well, all in all, I may know you and your overall persona, but my listeners do not. So go ahead and introduce yourself. yourself. Just share what you love to do, what you do professionally, and we'll kind of talk about your backstory and whatnot.
1: Sounds good. So i'm mike thompson i am airstasia's boyfriend their better half better (laughs) professionally we kind of have the exact opposite careers i work pretty standard nine to five i'm a mechanical engineer but i do process improvement and weld engineering for a manufacturing company in cleveland what do i love to do in life i like to uh, build things fix things work on house Work on the renovating the house, <laughs> build furniture for the house. Anything handy. <laughs> and we also, I mean, we play a lot of volleyball together.
0: That's actually how we met. Yes, it is. Thank goodness for volleyball. You know, the kitties, you forgot the kitties.
1: Oh, also uh, Maxwell Mimosa.
0: Okay, so Sarah, share a little bit about your backstory. You love to fix things, build things. Where did that originally start?
1: So I grew up on a farm, a 220-acre farm and. Pulaski Pennsylvania and Pulaski has about seven people a thousand cows (laughs) two churches a gas station and no restaurants so I started fixing things at the family with uh, it was a family farm started fixing things and uh, building things decided at probably by the age of 12 that I would be a mechanical engineer and since my whole family went to Penn State I was just kind of destined to go to Penn State as well. Um, so I ended up going to Penn State, got a bachelor's degree in mechanical engineering, got a minor in sales, and then started working at the company I current, currently work at, and that was coming up on 10 years in May.
0: How did you even know what a mecha- mechanical engineer was? i have never even heard of that until I started dating you. You are like oh, really? 12 years old, like I knew it. <laughs> I don't know like anyone in your family do it or
1: no everyone's uh well most of them are farmers they probably just looked up what do you do if you like to fix things and okay engineering came up all
0: right so you and you initially like kind of found this little piece inside of you that loves to fix through like the tractors all the equipment can you describe a little bit of that process because that's not something that like inherently like if you were to have me live on a farm i would not be like oh i want to fix the tractor that would never come to my mind
1: so that's what you say inherently doesn't come natural yeah it 100 percent comes natural to me that's
0: what i'm saying like you have why you
1: people <laughs> and emotions and i understand mechanical systems like electricity makes more sense to me like wiring something makes more sense to me than talking about to somebody about their emotions that is insane <laughs> i know oh my god <laughs> <I know. laughs> how are we together <laughs>
0: <laughs> can you share the story about the time i think you said that the tractor was broken and you were just curious about like the engine so you you like just kept like tweaking and tweaking and tweaking
1: i mean that was like, my first car
0: oh it was your car
1: yeah i bought a camaro when i was 15. Oh my gosh. And the first, before I even drove it, I got it off the trailer and I took the engine out of it. So that way I could understand how the engine worked.
0: Like what? Like that's just.
1: I put it all back together. That just so intrigues that, your brain. I just I just want to understand how it works.
0: Okay. Yeah. All right. So definitely that you have that like complex mind that wants to understand how things compute together and help each other. And
1: but I mean, when if you grew up with you know, more animals than people. You don't really have deep emotional conversations with them. I mean, you have conversations, just not deep emotions. <laughs> okay. So if you can't have that, then you just find things that that you can relate to. And I relate with, with numbers. And...
0: Yeah. Okay. So after uh, college, all right. So you're like, all right, got my crap together. I think I'm figuring out what I want to do in life. I'm going to become a mechanical engineer. What was the next step? What was your first like Big boy job interview, like.
1: Next step was I was going to blend the two. I was going to blend college. I was going to blend farming. And I was going to do, be a design engineer. My goal was I was going to be a design engineer for Case New Holland, which is a tractor company. They build tractors and farm equipment. And I thought, well, I grew up with them. I fixed them before. So I knew how to, I think I could design them. Mm-hmm. So I had a job interview, a phone interview. With Case New Holland, and I did atrocious. (laughs) It was my first job interview, and I thought, you know, you would just be good at it, but you have to be good at interviews. What What does
0: that even mean? I I I don't know. I had one.
1: (laughs) I don't know. They just ask me questions, and like if you can't use somebody's uh, like feedback, like their their facial, their their nonverbal feedback, like nonverbal feedback tells you when to stop talking. When to keep talking. I it was just on the phone. It was an absolute train wreck. And <laughs> I, I don't remember if I like blacked out. I don't remember if we made it all the way through. Obviously, no follow-up. After that, uh, that train wreck, I decided I needed to learn how to be better at interviews. So I started applying at all these places that I didn't even really care if I had this job, but I just wanted to talk to more managers oh. and try to understand what was going on. Um and that's whenever I drove to Cleveland for a job interview they didn't even want to do a phone interview they just were like you can come in in person right away it's like oh, okay sweet then I can actually get some nonverbal feedback and that's actually the place I work at now so all right so, so dream job So a job <laughs> I didn't care about turns out I love it and I've been there for 10 years
0: 10 years
1: it's May 14th it'll be 10 years
0: and what has that looked like for you since the beginning because like you went in there as a what 21 year old
1: May 14th, I would have been turning 22 like a couple of weeks after. there's like a baby.
0: I just like, they're so young. Oh yeah. Can you imagine being 22? Oh my gosh.
1: Walking into this, this company. Yeah.
0: It's
1: pretty, yeah, it's pretty, pretty intimidating environment. Yeah. And then my goal there was I was just going to prove to everybody. Like, I know I can work hard, right? Growing up yeah. on a farm. I know I'm pretty smart. So I was like, I'm going to take both of those. And I am going to show these people that you know, I was the first person they hired and engineer-wise outside of Cleveland State. That was just their pipeline of engineers. I was the first non-Ohio engineer to come work for them. I was like, well, I'm gonna represent myself, I represent Penn State, and I'll come just work as hard as I can.
0: What what did that goal stem from? Was it that you had wanted the company to like promote you that you want to be there long term, or was it just like I want to prove it to myself?
1: Uh it was probably it was just to prove to myself that mm-hmm. I could I can be successful now school's over, right? There's no more. I mean, even college, like, there's still like handholding. Yeah. The dorms are built, like, right? You still live in this like little place, so there was no more handholding. I had to move to Cleveland. I didn't know a single person. They told me to move here. I just said I don't know where to live. I lived just picked middle. I just picked downtown. I lived in a little apartment, and I just drove to work every day and drove home at night. <laughs>
0: Just moved to Cleveland with no connections. And didn't know like,
1: anybody. Didn't know anything about the first time I visited. I just got an apartment and moved.
0: <laughs> just took a chance. Just
1: took a chance. All
0: right. So that segues me into my next like topic. So we know your backstory. Okay. Like now you've, mm-hmm. you've been working at this company for 10 years. Do you love your, do you love working here? Love working. I know, which is really cool. And I love that for you. Now, not a lot of people can say that in life, that they love where they work. And this is something you and I have talked a lot about because obviously I'm very passionate about my career. So I find, you know, like I find my whole love for life in my career. Mm -hmm. You find, I wouldn't say that your career is your life, but you very much so love your life and you love your career. And those two go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. And we had a talk one time about the, what was it? The sections of your life. You said it's by threes. Yeah. Okay. So let's go ahead and elaborate on that.
1: All right. So, right. So your point where, you say a lot of people that work nine to fives, they hate their jobs. Mm-hmm. That that to me is is absurd. That's absurd. I, I mean, I can get hating a job; it makes it makes sense. Because, a lot of people
0: do. Yeah, I right. hated my job before I, I went full time with photography. I hated it.
1: And but yeah, you there's a difference between hating it and accepting it and hating it and doing something about it. Mm-hmm. So, we have the the talk about thirds, right? Um, and this is just math Mike.
0: <laughs> Every time I try and talk with Mike about like feelings or some type of like emotions, he's like numbers. Let me break it up into number sequence. And I'm like, okay, yes, this is how you right, are, so right? and I'm over here with like my whiteboard drawing like literal pictures to elaborate how I feel.
1: <laughs> so the the thirds, the thirds, right? You have 24 hours in a day. You sleep for eight hours. Well, Assuming by the time like you get ready for bed, get in bed, actually sleep, get up, get out of bed. It's about eight hours. So that's a third of the day. The other third is if you work a nine to five is there's eight hours of your day. So in the last eight hours is like your non-work, but awake time. So then people say, I hate my job. Mm-hmm. That is one third of your overall life, but half, 50% of the life that you have being awake. <laughs> that's absurd. You're yeah. going to, you're going to hate 50% of your life, of your conscious life. Now That's add like another scary. layer into it of
0: the non-work sections. Yeah.
1: So then a the non-work too is, is not just, uh, it's not just, I mean, it is not working, but it's not just like Mosey through your day. So it's, it's family, mm-hmm. it's relationships, it's recreation. It's all the stuff you actually have to do as an adult, right? So if you take out how much time you spend paying bills or grocery shopping or eating or cooking. How much actual free time do you have like with your family and stuff? Mm-hmm. Um, and then on top of that, we spend as like a culture, you spend years courting people, dating people to find the one, right? That's that's like the whole goal, right? You have to <laughs> find the one. But yeah, at a job you'll just read not night more, but yeah. you used to open up a newspaper and be like, I think I might want to do this. And you'll just go do that for forever. Right, yeah. And you come home, you just want to complain about it. Like, that's kind of crazy.
0: Okay, so why do you think that people put so much effort into finding, quote, the one, and like nourishing a relationship that makes them feel good? We'll say that, right? Versus nourishing a, I'll say a work relationship, but I don't mean the people in it, but just like that relationship you have with your career. Like
1: what you do. Yeah, like what you do,
0: if you love it or you don't. Why do you think people... Don't put as much emphasis on that love for work. What do you think that stems from?
1: I have no idea. That, that is, I don't know. That is strange to me. It never like related with me not to do that. Like, why would you not do?
0: <laughs> so that actually brings me to my third thing I wanted to talk about. Because you're like, you're answering my questions without me even having to like, get you to answer them for what I want to move on to. So okay. you said- go. You've never thought about that, right? Yeah. And I distinctly, I'll never forget this. We were sitting on the back porch talking. So when we first started hanging out. We weren't even like officially dating. Okay. And I'll never forget this. You literally looked at me and you're like, yeah, I genuinely think if I wanted to do something, I could do
1: it. Yeah. Yeah. What?
0: That sounds so simple to you. Yeah. Yeah. You just think you're so capable in a good way. And that wow. I think is what yeah. keeps people from moving on to bigger better or more loving careers because they don't have that self worth or that belief in themselves, or maybe even that courage to try and believe in themselves. I think a lot of people struggle with maybe I'll say confidence or imposter syndrome or whatever it may be. I don't think that that confidence that you have in yourself, a lot of people do.
1: That's probably, I mean, that, that's probably very true.
0: I was really mind blown when you told me that because that was never something that came normal to me. In fact, everything I've ever chased in life was like, Oh my God. Oh my God. I don't know if I could do this. I don't know if I could do this. And finally it just one day I'd be so like miserable rock and I was like, I have to do this to get out of this bad situation. And then it was like, yeah, I really, sure. really want to do this. I feel passionate about it. So I, do, I owe it to myself to at least try, but it was never that like, Hey, I know I could do this. I don't know. It's a, it's a different mindset. What, what do you think what, it stems what, from?
1: What's the alternative to that, though?
0: Good question. To not, I'm
1: just going to think that I can't do it.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: Well, that sounds crazy. <laughs> that sounds crazy.
0: Doesn't it when you put it that way? You just word it so simple. like
1: Instead of saying, yeah. yeah just,
0: like, oh, well, I guess I can't because I can't. Like, that does sound crazy. Telling,
1: like, you're just telling yourself, I can't do it. That's like, awful. I mean, if you put some, I mean, I mean, guess if you put, like, a, a reason behind it, but, like, I don't know. I would just rather say, well, I could do like I, I. think I could literally do anything. So it's like there's like a fine line that I probably toe with between oh, yeah. being cocky and like, like between cocky and confident. I think there's like a, a slippery slope there. But I'd rather flirt with that line mm-hmm. than flirt with the I can't I, the negative line, right? So I'd rather flirt with the. I don't know, the cocky side as opposed to the I can't side. Because the worst that's going to happen if somebody's going to say, well, you're cocky. Okay. Maybe.
0: Do you think it's inherently a little bit easier for men to do, to like adopt that mindset? Just because like culturally, it's kind of been like built into them. I'm not saying that that's the reason why you have it, but like I would have to say that I mean- that has to have some to do with it. Like in our society, it's like men are always kind of, in the past, kind of been put at the top. They're the CEOs of the I can do it where it's like the women were told oh well no you can't or no you can't have that job or you shouldn't you know I wonder if that's like something that just changes over generations
1: I all I can do is like I I, like I said I I like numbers and that (laughs) stuff so I don't I don't try to put my I mean I try to (laughs) but I don't successfully put myself in other people's brains yeah very well so maybe it is I just looked at it you're I like, well, I
0: think I can do this. <laughs> it's
1: it's as it's like it's yeah. me as I, not as me as a as a man.
0: Or no, I'm not saying that it is in I your think. situation. I just it is just inter- interesting to think about. But I do know a lot of men with imposter syndrome and stuff as well. Um, yeah. And maybe yours is that you don't allow feelings to consume you, and you are very logical and analytical. Maybe that's it too. Yeah, to I guess. I guess if yeah. you don't
1: if you if you don't focus on your emotional side, then What are you? Are you gonna disappoint? Like that's just the emotion. Are you gonna fail? I don't know. Oh boy. Probably not.
0: (laughs) It's a very interesting perspective. Um, and I.
1: Well, it's interesting. It's interesting that you think that's interesting. I know. Thought of because
0: you said it to me on the back deck just so effortlessly, and I was like mind blown. I was like, "What'd you just say?" Well, you actually believe that, and you're like, "Yeah." I was like,
1: "What?" (laughs) What? That's yeah crazy. So, so yeah maybe maybe that's why people are afraid to get out of their jobs that they don't like yeah. or or maybe it's the it's not bad enough to leave mm. type thing
0: but it's also not great enough where you're happy
1: right so it's not that's,
0: toxic enough where you have to get out
1: yeah so that's that's tough too right okay i mean it's kind of like relationships too yeah right
0: share what the poster in the bedroom says
1: uh poster yeah hanging above the bed yeah so it's a picture of a cat and he's looking into a puddle on a street and inside the puddle there's a, there's a lion. And then it just says mindset is everything. And that's what I look at. It's, it's like eye level. So when I roll off my side of the bed, cause I always sleep on the same side and I stand up, it's like right in the face.
0: So what does that mindset look like for you? Like, is this like every day when you get up for work, it's that I can fix this at work or is it more of a, huh? yeah, what is it? what is the mindset so, that you're thinking of just everything I,
1: I think it's a lot of things but it could be the you wake up and regardless if you love your job or ah mm-hmm. there's some days you're just like I'm grumpy <laughs> yep yeah be first yeah Michael's grumpy
0: mornings are not the greatest <laughs>
1: No, I, I can be grumpy I get it <laughs> so you look, wake up and you, you look at it and you say I'm grumpy like that's That's what my mindset was when I woke up. Yeah. Do I have to be like that? Why am I like that? Do I need to go fix that? (laughs) What was the issue? Am I grumpy about something at work? Am I grumpy about something at home? Am I grumpy about the sleep I just had? I don't know. Is there a
0: solution to that?
1: Yeah. So I just try to root cause and figure out why I'm grumpy. If it's a thing at work, I'll go in there and just deal with it. Mm -hmm. Just right off the bat, just deal with it. Get the grumpiness out. If it's, if you just woke up a little tired, okay, extra, little extra coffee, get the boost going, start feeling good. Or if it's a, a relationship thing, it'll be uncomfortable, right? But you got you've got to talk through it. you got to figure it out.
0: Because otherwise you're just procrastinating and it's just going to come get you eventually.
1: Yeah. you I mean, bury it down, pretend like it doesn't matter. I mean, it, if it matters, it eventually, it'll eventually come back out.
0: All right. So you kind of, in a sense, I don't want to say struck gold because- you know, you've obviously put an intense amount of work into where at Hosemaster, where you work. But a lot of people kind of don't get that first job out of college that they love. Would you say you turned it into something you love? So, okay.
1: Yeah, for sure. Because I've, I've, so I've worked there for 10 years and I loved it so much. And I loved it so much. That I even told my roommate from college to come work for this company because it's the greatest thing ever. He came and worked there three years after complaining every single day of his life he, he left
0: he hated it
1: he hated it he hated it so much and it's like oh wow that's interesting and since I've been there we've, we've gone through I mean it's a, it's a hard working environment mm-hmm. so we've gone through quite a few people especially 10 years we have 500 some people that work there so yeah there's gonna be some turnover but yeah just make the best of it and I just uh, the reason I like it is if I try hard that is recognized and rewarded Okay, so you have incentive to try. Um, Aside from just your own self-proving it to myself, and then they're just like, "Wow, like look at this guy! Like he crushes it." Let's put him on this project. That Mm -hmm. project's fun, and I worked on robotic welders for five years, and then they're just like, "Holy cow! that's really good." Here's the next thing, and here's the next thing, and they just everything they throw at me, I just have that mindset that, yeah, I absolutely can do that. Was there? Sorry, I did. Oh, you're
0: fine. I was just gonna say, was there ever a time and in the job that you didn't like what you were doing. And then you had to make a change.
1: Yeah, yeah 100%. Okay. Um, so as much as I said, I loved it. So that was like a double-edged sword. If you say you can do anything and you prove that you can do anything, I mean, mm-hmm. that you can do anything. First project I work on, super fun. Loved it, worked. I don't even call it work. Like, I literally like fun. <laughs> went there to get paid to go do fun stuff. And then after that project was over, they're like, oh, okay, sweet here's another problem work on this and it was desk work and I hate sitting at a desk and then I, I did that for for a little bit and I mean it's a family-owned business so I have a very good relationship with the with the owners there and I told them, like listen this sucks
0: I hate this he's like, it's
1: okay. like yeah okay and the first time I was like blown off I was like well no you only have you know there's there's a problem in your life you need to leave it accept it change it and I said, I'm going to change it. And I went out and I interviewed at other other places, <sighs> got a job offer, went back to them and said, I'm done. Right. I told you this sucked, and I didn't want to do it. And I'm doing it still. And I'm not going to accept you taking three months of my life. And they said, no, don't do that. What do you want? And I said, I want to go back and work on this type of stuff. And they said, okay, they let me build an office and like, and I started training welders full-time for a few years.
0: So you have to stand up for yourself as well, as, in addition to like making those difficult changes.
1: Yeah, I mean, you got to, it, it's it's yourself. You have-
0: Yeah, one life, if, 24 how, hours. How many years? <laughs> how many years? I mean,
1: you, you only have so many years. And if you're just going to, like, so you just have, you have to just, to if it's an issue, you just got to grab it right away.
0: Standing up for yourself is not that easy. Like, how do you but, give advice to someone? Okay, so you and I, once again, we're very different personalities. I'm much more, like, I struggle with people-pleasing. I want to make sure that, like, people aren't mad. And I almost fear that, like, confrontation. What advice do you give to someone who is maybe, like, finds sticking up for themselves difficult?
1: Uh, I mean, it just goes back Stucked to... Suck it up? <laughs> no, no. I mean, kind of, yeah. but it goes back to, like, how many days do you have? Yeah. And you're just gonna accept that? You you can't. Like you literally can't.
0: So you just really gotta look at things from a big perspective. From the yeah,
1: zoom out, look at yeah, it on the macro. Out. So whenever you're you know, hopefully 85 and you're still chucking around. But mm-hmm. if you end up laying on on your in bed one day and you say, Wow, 50% of my life, I hated that. Oh, it's or,
0: terrible. What? You know, I hate it. It's interesting because I feel like ultimately you and I have the same like goal. Like, whenever people are What do you want most in life? I'm like to find happiness, like to just like keep pursuing happiness. And and yours is just a less like mushy version of it. (laughs) You're like, yeah, to be happy, like to not ever have like the three sections of my days be resentful and miserable. (laughs) Like it might just more like
1: we both I think everyone has the same goal. And there's there's all sorts of different paths to get there. Yeah. You take the the emotional path and I think the analytical one and but at the end of the day, right? You still everyone goes you're still going for the same thing. So Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean if you had to give somebody that advice of what do you do, I mean I think you just have to look at it from a big scale and just say is my life. Am I gonna look back and be upset that I didn't deal with this five years sooner, ten years sooner.
0: I will say you're definitely the more confrontational one in the relationship. You've like taught me how to be, so you're welcome. Or no, thank you. And now you're welcome because I now I'm just like how um, be more
1: Yeah, I'm like Michael.
0: We need to have a talk about this. And you're like, oh, I've made a monster.
1: <laughs> but yeah, I think you have to, right? You're just because it. And, and at the end of the day, well, maybe in relationship, it it can be personal. But at work, like it's not. It's there's like a, a company goal. There's a, a product goal. There's a performance goal. So it's never personal dealing with, with people at work, I, which, right. It's a, it's a little weird for me, but it, it's just very, here's the goal. Here's the steps we need to do to meet the goal. We have to do them on this timeline. If we don't get it done, we won't meet the goal. And if that is the company goal, we just got to figure out how we're going to do that. So if somebody's not pulling their weight, right. You can say, "What are you doing? Here's, here's the goal <laughs> of the company. Yeah. And we're not going to get there. So I'm going to need to modify what you did.
0: Okay, and then I have to end the episode with the infinite, infamous question I ask everybody.
1: Uh-oh. <laughs> I know. I listened to these. This what is the last see? question? <laughs> I was not prepared. I
0: know. What advice would you give to somebody who says they don't have a passion?
1: I think everybody has passion.
0: A lot of people tell me they don't. Interesting. I know.
1: They definitely, I mean, everyone has a passion. Everyone likes to do stuff more than other things. I mean, if you want to go the analytical route, sure, go for you it. could you could break it down into <laughs> you. What do you like more, people or objects? Okay, if they like objects, okay. What do you like about them? Do you like uh, creating them, using them? Like, and then you could work your way down to see, like, bury yourself down and figure out exactly. Actually, that's a really good process. Most, what you are most excited about doing?
0: I think that's actually really good advice because me being like the like passionate hurtful person like you know I've loved art since I was a kid and like it inherently just like I just have had that but that's a really interesting way to break it down if you don't have that thing that you're like I've always enjoyed
1: but that's gonna to be tough to uncover right if you're not analytical and you don't have like that okay how do we figure this out just start like working like almost like a computer program right yeah. I could Honestly, you probably could. There might be a program there, yeah. on there, like uh, like the twenty questions. Yeah, that is. They probably could tell you what you you really like in life. Hmm. And people, I think, a lot of times people don't. Just my opinion, is that they say they don't have a passion is because they probably just randomly picked up something and said, "I kind of like doing this." It'll do. It's like throwing. You can cuss. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's just a terrible analogy. We're not going to use that. <laughs> oh, boy. But they probably just randomly would grab a task and say, do I love this? No. And then you randomly grab another one. It's like, well, don't randomly do yeah. it. Just work your way down and figure out what you like. Um, but I, I really think everyone everyone has a passion.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: In everyone's brain, there's something that your brain is attracted to more than others. Just like how everybody you know, find somebody they want to date or everyone has a preference maybe they don't have the confidence to speak to it and yeah say i really like this
0: and they're scared of it or they're scared of the rejection or the failure whatever it may yeah. be but there so, are things people can if they really broke it down they could find out that they enjoy about themselves so,
1: so yeah have that i can do anything mentality and Yay. then just say what do i really like i'm gonna do that heck yeah there you go
0: okay well thank you mikey Aww. What a good chat with my boyfriend. Maybe I'm biased because I love him and I love us, but I thought he had some really good um, insight there in the way that he really just does view his time and the way he's, like, forced himself to believe in himself enough to chase after jobs he wants and learn things and just instill that confidence in in himself is something I've always admired about him. And that very first time he ever said that to me on the back deck where he was just like, yeah, if I want to do something, I know I can. I was mind blown because I've never been someone who inherently um, has that. So that's something I've actively worked on. I hope it's something that you will actively work on. And I hope this podcast episode inspired you or helped you or empowered you in some type of way. If it did, the best thing you can do is share it with a friend and that would mean the world to me. So whether it be you text it to them, whether it be you share it on social media, whatever it is, the more that I can spread the messages of this podcast, the more I can hopefully help people to find their passions in life and pursue them. Realize their full potential that they can, that they can find their passions and they can make life happen through those passions. So if you do decide to share this, you can tag me on Instagram at Aristasia A-R-A-S-T-A-S-I-A. A-R-A-S-T-A-S-S-I-A. If you'd like to join my Facebook group, just search the, the title, passion and potential, and I should come up in alongside of groups. And if you're an Apple, I would love if you'd leave me a written review. It'd make me so happy. That being said, till next time, my friends.